our disconnect from ourself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hurting us more than we realize. When we have cut off that connection between the way we feel about ourselves in a positive way and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a positive way, it runs into relationships and all types of other negative emotional feelings that many of you are feeling right now and reaching out to me about. So today I'm going to address the topic of self-love and give you the highlights of our most recent workshop and kind of a little bit of tough love, but the exact answers to what you have to do in order to love yourself, in order to feel whole, feel happy about your life and where you are, and essentially take back control of your story. Let's go. Assalamualaikum. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you every week on topics on love, marriage, relationships, life hacks, connecting you with yourself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, parenting, so much that we deal with as women. Now, recently on Instagram, I've had a ton of guys join me or follow me. It's very different and it's not my intended audience. But the truth is, um, after I put up that recent post on your mental health is getting worse. And I did a podcast on it. We have been flooded. And um, honestly, our following has grown so much. And I would love to say it was for positive things. It, it, it is for positive, alhamdulillah, because we can give more people help. But what it's really evident to us is that our people are hurting. So many people saw the five to six signs of just your mental health getting worse and said, that's me. And you guys know recently, um, I did a workshop where I was working with women on self-love. And at the end of the day, now that it's all finished and reflecting back and thinking what the most powerful gems that women took away from that, even if you couldn't be with us and shout out to those women who we just got so close and talked about such personal things. When I do these workshops, I'm earnestly like connecting us to one another and putting all the same people with the same desires and issues in the room, even though we're at different levels. And we kind of lift each other up. And that's that sisterhood we're trying to build here at Mindful Muslim. But what I'm going to give you today are kind of the highlights, the gems of exactly what I told these women. It was a bit of my tough laps. It's going to be a short but powerful podcast today. And when you leave the podcast, what I want you to be asking yourself is what do I need to do right now? to take this information and make it part of my life because I am not going to change or get better if this is true and these are these things than if I address them. They have to be addressed. And so if you need help with that, you guys know I have consultation calls, I have classes, I have courses, I have everything. By the way, last announcement before I start, today starts our 50% off um, sale on every course we have. We only do this for Black Friday once a year for one week only. We take, you guys know, we we sell really, really good quality premium stuff and so it just is in half. So if that's something you've been hearing me refer to on the podcast, you've always wanted to try, this is the week to get it literally half. So I'm just putting the notice here. Maybe I'll mention it maybe one other time this week and that's it. It's gone until next year, inshallah. So just want to throw that out there. If you go to www mindful-muslima-m-u-s-l-i-m-a-h.com. Um, that's that. Or if you want to talk or ask any questions to my team about that, we have a WhatsApp and the WhatsApp number is 
12. All right, that's it. I let you guys know. Let's do this. Let's dive into exactly what it takes to reconnect and love yourself, especially if you're struggling emotionally and with mental health right now. You're going to want to hear these. All right, so let's dive right in. So basically, when I was in the workshop, I was covering what is self-love, why is it critical, and kind of how to start loving yourself and the mindset and the foundation. A lot of it is foundational. A lot of what we need to do. And for those of you who are in the book club, shout out to you too. Remember when we left the book club, we talked about how so much of this was mindset. We didn't need to wait for life to change. We didn't need to wait for our parents to acknowledge us or treat us the way we wished they would have. We didn't need to wait for our spouse for certain things. We didn't need to wait for certain things to get better in our life. We actually had more control than we thought. And so basically what I want you to know is what we're going to be talking about in this podcast is the third day. I'm going to give you some gems and highlights from the third day, which is how to love yourself for life. Like if you actually want to have a consistent success with this, I'm not going to go into all the pre-stuff, the foundation, the mindset you had to have been with this in the workshop. But today I'm going to give you kind of like the gems of some tough love. If like if you want this stuff to happen in your life, exactly what you need to do. All right. And so in the first things I just want to address right before I go into that, though, is that a lot of us feel selfish to love ourselves. And one big takeaway, and these are bonus tips I'm giving right now, totally bonus, not what I'm going to talk to you about, but I just want to put some misunderstandings in our head. Um, self-love is a bad. Self-love is a bad. It's worship and gratitude. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you this body. He wants you to care for it in the best of ways. And when we don't, we're neglecting it and neglecting the gift and therefore failing on our ibadah. So for the people who think self-love is selfish, it's actually not. It's actually a way of showing Allah you're grateful and appreciating by taking care of what he's given you and the opportunities therein. Feelings of being unworthy, a lot of women struggle with that. For that, you're going to have to really, really go deep into where did that idea start in your life? Maybe it was a particular experience. Maybe it was a particular person that introduced that to you because it's just simply not true. Allah says we are. And the feeling that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't deserve, like we're not deserving of his help, that is another problem women struggle with. All these things are like roadblocks, can I say? Roadblocks to healing and having self-love. So just these are like little alert tips. Like if this is you, maybe you want to talk. If this is you, the, this is more important for you than ever these things that I'm about to share um, in, in terms of the keys to actually have that self-love for life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just wants us to submit. And he really has given us the guidelines of what we need to do to have his help. And he's going to give it to us. And to think anything less of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, you know, and just feeling that you can't do it, for example. A lot of people say they trust Allah, but then they're like, oh, but I can't do it. Oh, it's never going to work. Allah said in the Quran, in multiple places, that he will help you and he will help me. I'm not going to read all the ayats of Quran right now. I, I did all this in the workshop. But the point is, in summary, this is meant to be like a quick hit. Um, he basically said, if you do ABC, I will come through. And we just don't do ABC. And we're like, oh, why didn't it work? Uh, so Billah, we cannot th- say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a liar. He can't do things for us. He promised he would help. But are we really trying? So the first thing I want you to know in terms of a tip of what you need to do. We're going to go right into the tips now. The main things you need to do is you need to know where you are. What I did with the women in the workshop was we took a very particular quiz to help them assess where they were in their self-love. The first place for you to start is you need to acknowledge or understand where you are. And it's kind of like, I hate to like compare it to this, but you ever heard like those those 12-step programs for like 
alcoholic anonymous type things. The first most important step that they tell people who have their own problems, these problems they can't overcome is like the first thing is you got to admit you have a problem, right? So if I'm here like ignoring my issue with myself and how like I don't like my thighs and how I'm constantly thinking I'm never going to get anywhere and how I'm putting myself down and how I'm not worth it and I feel lost and I feel empty. If I'm going to keep ignoring all that and never acknowledging like, hey, that's a real problem. That's creeping into my relationships. It's creeping into every part of my life, right? It's creeping into um, all types of places like my Islam, my Iman. It's it's taking my motivation away. It's stealing my happiness. If I don't actually acknowledge that that issue I have is bad and there and then destroying everything, then how am I going to actually fix it? You know, you have to first like be like, yeah, okay, I have that. Alhamdulillah. But what am I going to do about it? So that's what, that's what we're talking about here. So you just, now, now if you don't know exactly where you are in this shocking thing, like we had these results for women where they had to score themselves. And alhamdulillah, they were able to figure out if they had kind of like a wonderful sense of self-love, if they were like almost there, if they needed to build completely new foundations, like they, they really were in a rocky place, if they're, you know, sometimes feeling worthy, sometimes struggling. They got to, to pinpoint kind of where they were and where they were with very specific issues within themselves. And so that awareness, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he talks in the Quran all the times about like tadabbar, about sitting and looking at things and reflecting. So a lot of times women don't have time for that. They're super busy, right? So we take them in the workshop and we give them the actual questions so they could kind of do it on their own. And so when we sat with them, we helped them to figure out where they were. Now, the beauty about knowing where you are is then you can figure out, well, if this is my current situation, this is where I need to go next. And that's what we did. And we looked at, you know, do they believe they have a purpose for living? Am I able to communicate my wants and needs? You know, am I, am I accepting of my body just the way it is? Do my feelings matter as much as everyone else? Am I placing equal importance on my feelings as I am on other people. You know, like all these types of questions, we went through many, 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 and then in the end, they scored themselves. And so the point is, step one is you need to admit that this is something that you need to no longer ignore and deal with. So if you're a person who wants to actually have that lifetime happiness and feel good and move on and all that stuff, here's my big sister tough love speech. Number one, have to admit and people are scared to do that because they're like, gosh, I don't have time to deal with that right now. That seems like a lot to unpack. Like, I have a job. I have exams. Like, And so here's the thing. You're never going to have more time. There's only 24 hours in the day. Things are never going to slow down in life. So the mistake that so many of us make is we say, I'm going to deal with that later when things get better, then they actually only get worse, and then we feel worse and worse and worse, and it never goes anywhere. Tell me if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so I'm giving you like these four major big hug, big sister, tough love points, right? So the first one is you got to admit it and figure out where you are. If you don't know how to do that, that stuff that you know we do within our school and within Helping Women, but I'm just like, you can reach out to me, DM me on Instagram. It's all good, right? Number two, the negative self-talk that you're engaged in, it's never going to stop. I did a whole thing, and you guys have heard me on the podcast before. If you didn't listen, you can go back about like different things with toxic people and how the brain works. And generally, we learned throughout the, the workshop that you know we're programmed like this. 
And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he pulls us by our forelock, right? In the Quran, I'm going to pull you by your forelock, your lying sitting forelock, the frontal cortex. This is where a lot of things are, are built up and we're kind of all living on autopilot. You know, people say that like I'm living on autopilot. I feel like I'm just like, like that's actually really true. It's actually scientifically proven. And so when we live on this coasting, we're never really delving and, and, and taking stock of the way we're talking to ourselves. then we just continue to do it. And we think everybody else is making us feel horrible. You know, my relationship with this, my situation with this, when actually, actually, the mountain is you. The mountain is me. We are actually self-sabotaging. And so the biggest problem that we have is with the negative talk, it makes us in this like perpetual cycle of self-sabotage. So we think it's it's like the whole world and we have to wait for things. And that self-sabotage, like I mentioned, it destroys your self-worth, your motivation, your iman, your relationships, and your happiness. It just, it's connected to all of that. And so the negative self-talk, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Okay, let me give you an example. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. It's too hard. Instantly, you've just literally demotivated yourself just by waking up. You're like, ah. you're like I've already stated that this day is going to suck. Or this day is going to, the rest of the days. That's the thing I, I think I've told you guys before. I taught my kids this second set of kids. I have like five kids in it. And the first set, I didn't know this stuff. And then, you know, then I learned, alhamdulillah, now I teach it to, to women all over the world, thousands and thousands in our school. But like right now, I didn't know that till like my second set of kids. And then I taught them, hey, you know, if your day is bad, you can start it over. That's a huge concept. Imagine I wake up on Monday and Monday starts off really bad. You know, like I lose my keys. I got a bad phone call. And so I'm going to coast that emotion for the rest of the day. So anything else that happens, I'm like, oh, Mondays, Mondays suck or this day is horrible. And I'm going on and on about it. And I've already convinced myself that this day is just going to be perpetually horrible the rest of the day. That means anything negative in the day, I'm going to hone in right on it. That guy cut me off. You see this day isn't, I wish I had this day never happened. I need to go back to bed. You know, like you, you're focusing on everything negative. What you focus on is what you feel. So as opposed to like what I teach my kids now, that's true, which is, you know, having a good day is a choice. You know, you could change it. And I have a joke with my kids. We take our hands and we put it all over our face and we go, blah, 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 blah. and we go, I'm ready. Let's start over. Bismillah. Hi, mommy. Good morning. And they start with me again. And I know it sounds like, you know, that's what you do with your kids. And that's what I do with myself too. I mean, I'm not like blah, 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 you know, but I'm like, subhanAllah, Ya Rabb, I'm going to start over, alhamdulillah, every minute you give me is a blessing. Let me not lose this and destroy my own self. And there's that dua, right, about not leaving me to myself and to the, uh, even for the blinking of an eye. Rasulullah he taught us this dua. It's a very powerful dua. It's in Fortress of the Muslim. Somebody asked me the other day what it was called. And it, I think it's 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 under the category of du'as for like negativity or like, you know, negative thoughts and stuff. There's actually, you know, du'as for that. And so subhanAllah, the second one is we have to get rid of the negative thinking. It doesn't happen unless you learn how to do it. You have to unlearn talking to yourself like that and relearn how to do it differently. It is a skill set, like how you learn how to do anything else. Anyone can do it. But if you don't, Learn that, sis. Nothing will change. Biologically proven, scientifically proven, Islamically proven, nothing's going to change for you. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pleads to us in the entire Quran to think better. And he tries to tell us how and do this and do this. And we don't listen. And because we can't apply the Quran to our daily life, like modern life, we're like, what? But 
What does that look like when I have kids that are really difficult or a husband that really doesn't help me or a boss that's really like, we don't know how to apply it. It doesn't mean it's not there. And so that's what we teach women. So like, I'm just telling you, number two, you have to learn that. Number three, you have to turn off the noise. Do you ever want to actually be happy and take back your life and be happy with yourself and all that like stuff that sounds really you know, cozy and fuzzy, you have to get a hold of what's holding you back. And that usually means for a lot of people to stop listening to things and people that aren't benefiting you. Now, if you go back two episodes, I talked about toxic people. I can't tell you how many people message me in, in Instagram were like, oh my gosh, thank you. I'm struggling with my family right now or my husband's family or whatever it is. And you know what the thing is, not everybody has supportive people in their life. I, like I've told you before, grew up in a house where people didn't practice this that. So I didn't have people to tell me like, hey, don't do that, do this. In fact, they told me to do probably the opposite, which was more haram, not because they were trying to make me do haram, but because they just believed it wasn't a big deal. Everything was adi, you know, like adi, it's okay. Don't be extreme. Wrong people to, to listen to. But I did it, you know, because I didn't know any better. Then when I got old enough and I made enough mistakes, the ones I try to stop you guys from all the time, that's why we're here in the podcast, like, please do it better than I did, right? That's why I'm here. To be the voice, I wish I had someone tell me. And subhanAllah, you know, one of the things was like being around people who are more positive or more guided. And I know you don't have that maybe in your life and people. And that's why we create these resources. One of the biggest things people ask me like, what do you do with Mindful Mustama? Are you like an alim? Like, what do you do? Like, people don't get me, you know? But people who who listen to the podcast and have been in our, like, global sisterhood or they've seen our resources or they see our classes, like, they kind of get it. We're, like, we're the bridge between you and where you want to go. We're helping you understand, make sense of the Quran, those videos, those lectures that you hear from those famous scholars that sound really cool, but, like, you just can't get your salah on time. You just can't wake up for fajr. You don't know how to manage, like, the stress of the kids and the husband and how to be a right wife because your mom never showed you. You know, like, that, that stuff where somebody, you just want them to hold your hand and walk you through and be like, listen, listen, I've already gone this road. Hold my hand. I'll show you the fastest way, the easiest way. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't take that path. That's going to be a hot mess. Come over here. Come over here. So that's what we do. We just hold hands, right? And so everything that we do, we're just trying to show you the way to do it that's easier, better, faster, more productive, more Islamic. There's a lot of stuff online. You know, affirmations. You know, you know. I, 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 I don't know how they say it. Like, I, I, I made it into being. Like, oh my gosh, haram. This stuff, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kareem. Like, he's the one in control. So if you don't have that support system, we have it here. We created it. That's why I made the Global Sisterhood. You're welcome to come join us anytime. In fact, right now, we made it where it's free for everybody to get in. A lot of you guys might have seen that. So if you go on my website, www.mindful-muslim.com, if you feel like you need that support system, go to the part that says Global Sisterhood Free. We actually have um, Yahya Rabbi, the, the, the big sheikh. Yeah, reminder. Oh my gosh, almost forgot to remind you guys. It is tomorrow. It's on Tuesday, November 22nd, 12 noon. We have his next session where he's going to help us soften our heart and get closer to Allah. So if you get in there, you don't just get that, but you get all the sisterhood too. It's all like, it's real live connections with women. Like we're on video, we're together. It's not like where, and if you don't want to go on video, you know, you don't have to go. But my point is it's like real live women. It's not like, oh, you're going to come in. There's like a library of videos you could watch. Oh no, live human beings, women who are like crying, laughing, 
want to befriend you and are going on the same journey. So if you don't have it in your family, you got to find it somewhere. Go to your local masjid, get in a group, do what you got to do. That's really, really important. And the last one, and this is the kicker. I'm going to be honest. This one takes a bit more time, but the time is also worth it. A lot of you guys ask me, how can you be so put together after you've been through so much? If you are a new listener, let me tell you something. I was thinking about the other day, I'm going to go back and put the podcast from back when I had that one. It's one of my favorite ones because I think it was such a revelation to me as a person um, in such a, one of those pivotal times of your life. Um, it's called, it's very silly, but if you ever want to go listen to it, it's um, how to put Fortune 500 companies and mean girls in their place. And it's a very like, woo, like what kind of a title is that? It's because it's when like you're being oppressed and you feel like the world is raining down on you and you're like, how could Allah help me? This is so impossible. But then he does. And then you're like, ya Allah, you just put everybody in their place. I literally didn't have to do anything just because I did what you said. SubhanAllah. It's one of those like aha moments for me in my life that made me go, I will never doubt Allah on any level again. But to get to that with him, I had to first let go. I was talking to a sister the other day on the phone. She was talking to me about how hard it is. And we were talking about how she felt like she was going through a really difficult marriage and things were really hard. And for the longest time, she was trying to figure it all out on her own. And she was trying every way possible to get through to her husband. She was trying to like get him to see this and her way about that. And then when he wouldn't listen, you know, she was trying to go and like be part of this group or that group to try to make herself feel like she had something where she was getting it together. But in the end, it was just everything was a dead end because they all didn't involve her going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were like society things like, oh, I'm going to join this group. I'm going to be in this club. I'm going to be like, it was just stuff to keep her busy, like mentally busy and feeling like she was moving. But don't confuse, you know, motion for action. Those were not actionable steps she was taking. That was just busy time, you know. And so subhanAllah, what she really needed to do, which she just started to do, which I'm really, really proud of her. I was just speaking to her the other day, is mastering her emotions, which is number four. So here's the thing. You want to pray this morning, but you can't get yourself to do it. So you get in a negative you know, funk or slump, right? You're like, oh, you know, like, oh, you know, today, blah, blah. that's that negative thinking. And that negative thinking turns into negative emotions. And that negative emotion turns into behavior, which is usually like praying late, not praying at all. So when people are like, how can I pray on time? I struggle with that. I'm not really thinking about their prayer times. Everybody has an alarm clock. I set alarms on my phone. We have a then. We have everything. It's like so much tech these days. You don't need, like, how could you not be on time for Salah unless you haven't prioritized your life, unless you're emotionally unmotivated or disconnected or doing that like, inshallah, inshallah, you know, like that whole thing. And that is all very much, usually emotionally based, very much emotional and thinking based. So my thing is like, forget this Allah for a second. Let's cut to the chase. What's going through your head? Let's get to the core of your problem, which is what you're saying to yourself with negative thoughts and what you're feeling that is making your behavior stop you from doing your ibadah and, and then lowering your iman. You get me? So 
If you don't fix the emotions, your salah never gets fixed. If you don't fix the emotions, then your marriage never gets fixed. Why? Because when your husband says something super triggering, which they do, we say it to them too. Let's be fair, right? We with men and them with us and, you know, alhamdulillah. Then I'm reactive. I'm like, what? You know, how dare you say that? Or like, what? You don't even appreciate me or that. You know, we're saying whatever we say. You don't even love me. You know, you're spending all your time on your phone. And that's all emotional. And that's all coming from thoughts we're having in conversations in our head about what we think, about, they think about us or love or how they're treating us and our parents and our in-laws and how they're driving us crazy, you know, or whatever it is. I'm just, you know, I'm not talking about my, my in-laws per se. I'm just saying, you know, I, I get it. You guys have consultation calls, you tell me. So my point is, it's all come down to mastering emotions. What if, imagine if that wasn't your reaction. Imagine if instead you could pause when someone was like, saying something super cruel and triggering. And you could be like, hmm. And you could not react. You could respond. You could actually slow your heart rate down. You could actually gather your thoughts and say something really smart and make them go, uh, oh, instead of us looking like a crazy, right? <laughs> like, blah, 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 blah. And after being like, yeah, that wasn't my best self, you know? And that's what happens because we don't, we don't actually know how to, how to rein it in. Like, how do I do that? How do I stop being angry? You know, like, how do I stop this? How do I stop that? We don't know. And, you know, emotions make us feel sad and guilty about our past. Emotions make us feel anxious about the future. You know, all these types of things that they do. And as a result, we give up. We fall into sin. We stay stuck. We stay happy. But here's the thing. That's all a choice. And your mom, your dad never taught you how to do this. I get it, right? They don't teach this stuff in school. I'm always like, Listen, if they taught any class in university, it needs to be how to understand your own mind and body because once I got that and then I knew how to respond in a better way, then everything in my life changed. And there's nothing wrong with you. You just don't have the tools to improve and that's the problem. And a better life is possible but only if you take action on these four things. What does action look like? It means if you don't know how to do it, learn it. It's really that basic. And that's why I said this is my big sister, you know, pat you on the back slash like keep it real podcast. If you don't learn these skill sets, you don't succeed. Scientifically proven Islamic reminders all throughout the Quran about us needing to get a hold of ourselves and how Allah is ready to help you because your body's programmed to keep you stuck. It's a biological fact. Go look it up. And at the end of the day, if we don't unprogram and reprogram ourselves, then that's the end of that. I'm, I'm just going to be that real. So alhamdulillah, you guys know that if you want to learn anything with me, I'm here. I teach all of this stuff. I actually have an emotions course. But at the end of the day, no one can make you do anything. No one can tell you, hey, you know, I've had enough of being unhappy every day. I've had enough of screaming at my kids and probably psychologically damaging them. I, I, I've been there. I understand. I, I've had enough of fighting with my husband to the point where I feel like, where is this going? Is our, is our marriage even going to survive? I've had enough, you know, of just waking up every day feeling so overwhelmed. I just want to jump out of my own skin. I've had enough. Like you have to be the one to pull the plug. I can't actually do that. You can listen to this podcast. You can shut it off and then you can go back to your regular life. But at the end of the day, if you don't actually do anything with the information, then nothing's going to change. And I had mentioned in the workshop that 98% of people don't actually do anything about their problem. 98%. They've done science around this. Why? Because they, they fall into one of two categories. One is they never start implementing. Oh, I don't got time. 
Oh, other people could do that, but not me. Oh, I can't do it. All emotional, all emotional. Once again, just proving we need the help, right? Or number two, they just start and then they get discouraged. Oh, I tried it. It didn't work. It was really hard. Kind of like how we do it, like our diets, our workouts, you know, we just like, you know, and then that's it. Only 2% actually say, you know what? I could do this. With the right tools and support, I can do this. But the average person doesn't. And so I was telling them these stories when I was in the workshop about all these women who would call me up on consultation calls. And I was like, oh, sis, what's going on? And they'd be like, you know what? I have this issue. Like, you know, um, I feel like this guy is not the right one for me, but I'm trying to ignore these problems about him. And at the end of the day, I just feel like maybe I could love him enough. Maybe he just never had anybody show him. I could make it work. And I said, okay. And she was telling me more about the guy. And then I was saying, okay, sis, can I just slow you down a second? I'm, I'm seeing some red flags. I think you should ask more about this. I think you should look more into this. This is my opinion because this is like people tell me their situations, right? And just give them a hat. And in the end, she was like, yeah, inshallah. She apparently, you know, we hung up, we, we wrapped up and she went off. Didn't hear from her. It's like six to eight months. She calls me back and she's like, all right, I'm just going to start this call off by saying I didn't do anything you told me to and I feel really bad. Now, I don't feel bad when people don't take my advice. Alhamdulillah, I gave the advice to Sibililah. It doesn't phase me, you know. But at the end of the day, everybody is free will. So anyway, so subhanAllah, she's like, look, I'm now married to this guy and it is a nightmare. Not only were the red flags that you said like really red flags, but there were like five to ten more that I'm now even finding that I didn't even talk to you about on the call that I probably should have, that I kind of noticed, that I kind of ignored. I didn't bring those up and those are bad too. I'm like, all right. So what are you going to do about it? And, you know, we went into it with her on how to fix her problem and, her, and like next steps and whatever. But my point to you is she was one of those. She was one of those 98% who was like, you know, like not now. I've got time for that. I'll figure it out, whatever. And if that's you with most of the problems you have, that's why you're still stuck. And what she said was I lost the whole past year or so of my life just like in a hot mess for no reason. She's like, had I done something when I realized I need to do something, like that was all self-torture. Like that was literally, like I tell you guys, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. So at the end of the day, like I didn't really have to go through that. Like what a waste. And I've had so many women call me up on that with like three to five year problems that they let go. Five to 10 year. Like sometimes one woman was 19 years she was doing something. I was like, oh my goodness, that is such sufferation for no reason. So my last thing I want to say to you, if you're listening to the podcast is, only you can make the choice, and it is a choice to change. Make the choice to change. And what does that look like? That looks like you learning something new. If you don't learn it with us, learn it with somebody else. But please, sis, learn it. Um, thinking about that, sister, I want to tell you one last thing. Um, we're actually having, for the people who are looking for a marriage, um, it's my first time I'm going to do an in-person um, in New York City. If you want to be with me, I'm really excited. I know a lot of you guys have signed up already. I'm actually, it's actually really surreal to see somebody online all this time. And then like you guys say that for me, but for me it's the same because I talk to you guys. Um, and then I'm going to meet them in person in like a week or two. I think December 3rd is when we're going to have the class. And on the 17th, we're going to actually put like women and men in the same room together to see if they can match up and have like a, a matrimonial meetup. But alhamdulillah, it's going to be really, really good. So excited to see you guys there. Excited for so much we have coming up, but I want to tell you, this is your story. You need to rewrite it. You need to take it back. Only you can do it. I have you in my du'as. If you need help, you know me, you know where I am. 
DM me anytime. Instagram is, I think, the fastest way. Mindful Muslima. Inshallah, I'll see you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.